Hey, what's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 5th of March. And this is the fuck what is up. This is the shit, man. I'm in Sydney. Um, I'm at my mate's place. I just got in last night. Uh, ate some meagering and went to bed at fucking 10.30 in the evening. Holy God. What an absolute dream. And uh, it's currently 10.17 in the morning. Um, and I'm sitting on a wooden porch on a nice wooden chair with a wooden table. I'm surrounded by wood. And that's when you know you're in a good place in your life. The more wood you have around you, I think the more at ease you are with nature. Honestly, I mean, I say that as a joke, but I'm literally, the outside of this house is wood, wooden fence, some trees. That's that's the definition of wood. It's a tree. Is a tree wood? Is a tree wood? Ugh, don't do that again. I just, man, I just, this is a really nice front yard. There's a couple trees here. We've got some grass. I've got some sort of f- fucking gross hipster tea. Puka detox. Let's give it a crack. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'll, I'll allow it. It's a bunch of different herbs. And I, there was one tea bag in there that I opened the thing like that. You know the ones that come in like their own little... It's like, well, it's not enough to waste the paper and the plastic that we're using the tea bags. Let's also wrap it in another little satchel that you just, you just have so that you get the moment of like when you open it up and go, mmm, yummy. And I opened up the fucking paper satchel and uh, <laughs> just like smelled inside it and was like, no, thank you. It, it smelled like a curry. What the fuck is it? Just, what do I need all these different teas for? Just give me a normal fucking tea. Do you know what I mean? There was, um, there was one there called Melbourne Breakfast that smelled so nice, actually. I just, I don't know, man. All these different herbs. Can you at least have one type of flavor that was in original tea, you know? It was like, it, it, oh, it was like cardamom and something and something and something. And it just smelled like a fucking like an Indian restaurant. I was like, why would I want to drink water flavored like that? That's fucking gross. And it was like, it wasn't called detox. It was called like healthy boy or whatever. Like gut, <laughs> gut master tea. Fucking gross. So I'm drinking this detox shit. I got some juice. Oh my God. I just went down the road to the local supermarket here. Let's use the, the word supermarket very lightly. I got an aubergine, half a dozen eggs, Six uh, of those, like, you know, toasted English muffin things that you can get. Um, what else did I get? A thing of nudie juice. And that... Oh, and one tomato. Seventeen <laughs> <laughs> Australian dollars and 99 cents. I'll say it again. A nudie juice... Like a two-liter nudie juice... That's where that that was eight bucks basically seven ninety nine Jesus Christ who's fucking using ninety nine cents right now for real well you know we don't have pennies right you fucking cunt we haven't had pennies since the sixties since before any of us in that interaction were born fuck you 
$6.99. That should be fucking illegal. It, sh it should legit be illegal to price things in point light. It should be just five cents. So it was the nudie juice, one tomato, half a dozen eggs, six, like a pack of six English muffins, and fucking, um, and an, and an aubergine. <laughs> $17.99 and I looked at it I was just like are you sure that the eggs as well there was like six was seven fifty, and then there was a half dozen uh, sorry 12 was seven fifty, and six was two fifty. it was marked as two fifty, and she's like that's four fifty. and I was like oh it says two fifty. and then she went looking around the thing for a barcode and I was like don't you dare fucking scan that barcode and say oh it says four fifty on here it's like no nah, fuck you dude it says two fifty on here all your shit's overpriced already. You're giving me these eggs at two fifty. I was just like, "Well, I'm I'm gonna get them at two fifty, yeah." And she was like, "Oh, didn't really say anything." And then after a while, I was just like, "Well, yeah, I guess I don't have a problem with that." It's like, "Damn fucking right, you don't have a problem with that, cunt." Charge me fucking seventeen. Imagine tipping it over twenty bucks for that fucking handful loose change worth of worth of groceries. Oh my god. The fucking level of rot that this lady was trying to perpetrate on me, a visitor to her city. I'm in this nice little front yard and I'm already yelling. <laughs> I'm already... <laughs> I've already found something to be upset about. Um, the inside of my fucking left leg still hurts from pulling it at football a few weeks ago. I think I might have actually done myself a serious injury here. I can still... I can walk, but it does twinge. What else is there to be annoyed about? Uh, there's a weird thing attached to the banister on the veranda here that I don't know what it is. It looks like a horse saddle and it's making me uncomfortable. <sighs> Let's have another bit of tea. I need to calm down. I didn't have the best gig on Saturday night and that was my most recent gig. I, um, I did a gig to these fucking members at this golf club in Adelaide. It was for 200 bucks and I went first and did 20 minutes and I just did not do great and I've been thinking about it I think what I did was um the first thing I said when I got on was like hey Adelaide welcome back I'm I'm from Adelaide it's good to be back it's good to be back and then leave it's good to be back for a week and then leave yeah but it is nice to be something like that like straight out the gate I just shit on Adelaide and then I went straight into my gear because I was scared that they wouldn't go with me, whereas I should have felt them, because they went, oh, and I should have gone at them harder and been like, come on, you know your city sucks. There's a fucking nice, there's a few nice things about it, but don't pretend. That's the thing about Adelaide. People in Adelaide are actually so competitive. The, the whole rivalry with Melbourne thing does not exist in Melbourne, but as soon as you get back to Adelaide, you remember that actually people do talk about it. It's not a thing that no one talks about, and one-on-one, -on -one, people are reasonable, but once you get in a crowd, and, I, and I'm on stage as a stand-up, the vibe of people from Adelaide is very much defensive when you talk shit about their city, <laughs> because they know they suck, and they're not willing to admit it, and I just, your city sucks, man, it's shit, <laughs> it's shit, it's a shit city. No one cares about it. No one's talking about it. There, anything that's good in Adelaide, there's better of that in another Australian city. But they can't just—they can't just be happy with their own thing. Like they're happy with their city. Great, great. Be happy with your city. That's all that should be important. But they need other people to be able to go there and and 
and lie to their faces and say that their city's good. It's not. It's a bad city. It's small. It's too spread out for how small it is. There's like the stuff that there is is also counterintuitively far away from itself. And the people are grumpy. All the shit happens in one time. And everyone's just fucking entitled and they want you to think, they want you to tell them that it's better. I don't know. I'd, maybe it's because I grew up there. I really don't like it as a city. And I'm going back next weekend because the Gypsy Kings are playing there and I actually can't wait for that. I have a good time in Adelaide. And I had a good time in Adelaide. I'm just upset that I was too scared to admit to them that I actually think the city's shit and give them a few reasons and, and fucking jostle with them about it and make them laugh. And the hundred or so... Um, 50 to 60, 70 year olds in that room uh, did not like me and I bombed for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's no good. Oh. Beautiful Tuesday morning. I met... Um, oh, no, I'll, t I'll talk about this. I, uh, I met my friend John Condon. John something middle name Condon who went to high school with me, uh, for the whole time I went to high school, he rocked up at my show, this dude, I think I've talked about him on the podcast before, this is a dude who like, he used to, um, he was so smart man, we were in the same house group, so like we, the same homeroom group for all of high school, so we spent a lot of that five years together and became good friends and um, like a few things I remember about him, he used to fucking stand behind me when I was at the lockers like I was on the bottom locker so I'd go down on my knees and he would like stand behind me and stand on the backs of my heels and press my feet into the ground and then grab the sides of my face and pull it back and go like Aiden you're going really fast like pretend I was on a motorbike and just pull my whole face back <laughs> and then like pull my ears up and be like oh you're going over a jump Woo! and like pull back on the jump <laughs> bullying basically um but um just oh i forgot the one where he used to get a pencil between his fingers and snap it on his leg or snap it on his head and we got him to do it one time with a pen that had a solid inkwell inside it and uh the pen ink went everywhere and uh turns out the girl next to him had an allergic reaction to it and had to go to hospital <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but he was always so mysterious, man. John loved a, um, John loved a fucking, like, he, he loved keeping shit from you and you never could tell whether he was being serious or lying or what, it, what his angle was. And, um, my show on Thursday, there were eight people there and I just saw JC on the ticket, like on the, on, well, I was checking my ticket sales beforehand, I saw JC, and I was like, that's weird that someone didn't even put their full name, and then, uh, I'm sitting there before the show, and John Condon walks in, I haven't seen this dude in 10 years, no Instagram, no Facebook, nothing, it was a revelation, it was incredible to see him there, and then the next day, afterwards, I was like, man, I'd really love to go, to uh to lunch with you and the next day we went and got lunch and then we went and had a few beers and it was just fucking it was so great to see him um he's such a compelling dude in that i really like i i think a lot of my friends in my early 20s didn't 
have any idea what they were doing with their lives and it always kind of frustrated me and I, I don't I know that's not my thing to get frustrated about but I would always have conversations with people where they'd be like oh I don't know what I'm doing and I mean I'm very lucky that I've found comedy that I've found something that I want to do enough to just you know single-mindedly pursue that in my life to the detriment of everything else but like I've always got something like where if, if I'm ever lost I'm like well what can I do to keep going forward in comedy you know and I would always have conversations with people where they'd be like oh I don't know what I'm doing and I was always like well just start doing something you know go try a bunch of stuff join some clubs take up a few hobbies do whatever because to get away from taking drugs and drinking which is the sink that you fall into in your in your kind of like 18 to 22 23 right the like drinking taking drugs going out partying trying to fuck people to get away from that, I found the best way for me to do it wasn't to wasn't to just try and not do it because you you got to replace it with something, you know. So you got to find something that you care about more than that thing, and then you'll just stop doing it without even trying. And so people would always be like, "Oh, I'm in these destructive relationships, or whatever." And I was like, "Just do something, you know." And anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is that John is a person who on paper should really frustrate me because he's so smart, so funny and, and can clearly be doing something really interesting with his life, but he's not at all. He's, a, he's like an electrician, you know, he's a sparky and, uh, and he's, he's not stimulated by that. Like, I mean, it'd be great if he was like really into that and that was something that really got him going, but he's not. But also, it's not frustrating somehow because he admits, he's like, yeah, it's fine and he doesn't really have that many friends and he doesn't, he, he like bought a one-bedroom place in an outer-ish kind of suburb of Adelaide and he's just not really doing much. But I had the feeling from talking to him and from being like the really candid conversation about life and everything that we had that he's going to do something interesting. He just hasn't figured out what it is yet. This is a dude who wrote a fucking huge speech for me for for our house dinner for like you know we all gave speeches for each other in year 12 well my fucking microphone just unlocked off again but i figured out what it was i figured out the problem and i mean i'm still furious because i was talking about fucking john in the middle of a oh god that makes me so fucking angry this fucking computer my fucking shit technology it's so what's going on there Hey, what's, am I talking too loud now? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I think I could cry. I could just cry. If I could just start crying right now. And that would be better than fucking this cunting. <sighs> Alright. Well, I was telling a story about how John did my year 12 speech for me. He used numerology and various, uh, like, long shot, like, really tenuous links from, like, people who share my name in history and used that to prove that I did the September 11 attacks. And it was really funny the first time, not so funny the second time. (sighs) Anyway, he gave me the, um, the, when he rocked up at lunch, he gave me the fucking, he was like, I've been doing some digging in the archives, Aiden. And uh, I've just found a few documents that may be of interest to you and gave me the original script that he used for that thing 10 years ago. 
What I really appreciate about John is that he is... He's, like, so funny, but he doesn't even need an audience. Like, he's... He's content to just be funny to himself and laugh at it by himself and not... It's incredible. Like, I don't know how he has the energy for it. Like, he had a bit of paper in his... Like, a, a fucking... You know, like a bookmark in his book or whatever. Um, there was one of those bits of paper that you get as, like, promotional things for banks. It's like a, a, like a fake $50 note, and then you turn it over, and it's like a form fill out so they have your details, and then they can fucking send you credit cards or whatever bullshit. Um... And it, but it looks kind of like a fifty dollar note. And he was like looking at it. I was like, "Is that a?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's a fake one." I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I've seen those." And he just told me the story about like he met a friend in a shopping center nine years ago who happened to be doing that as a job. And the mate gave him a big stack of those fifty dollar notes. And he goes, "Yeah," you know, he was like, "Yeah, I've got them all at home." And I was like, "What from nine years ago?" And he's like, "Yeah, well, you never know when you're gonna need some props." <laughs> Like, like he just keeps them in his house because they're funny to have, and he, and he might just like peel one off, and go and meet someone and just have it on his person so that if they notice it, then that it'll just be funny for a second. <laughs> and if they don't notice it, it's just fun for him. What kind of person is that? You know, like. He told me this thing uh, like 10 years ago when we used to do our radio show together. He told me there was this moment where me and my mate Phil were in his car and we were talking about like we didn't know that he drank at that point. We thought that he didn't drink. And we were like, oh, do you want to go? Let's go get drunk, John. Let's go get on it. And he was like, oh, I've got a bottle in the back of my car. And we all laughed because we thought he was lying. And he told me. When we were at lunch the other day, he was just like, yeah, you know that? And we all laughed because you assumed that I was lying. I actually did have a bottle in the back of my car, and I just went home and laughed about it by myself. <laughs> like, and he waited 10 years to tell me that, you know? And he just remembered that. It was so enjoyable. That that private little laugh to him was so much fun that he remembered it for 10 years and then told me just so I could be like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I was so nice to see him. I can't even... Um, oh, I'll tell this fucking... I've, I've fucking finally sold my phone. I actually got... Uh, it's back in Adelaide. I got my mum to send it up in the post this morning. What a fucking ordeal that was. Man. Let me pull up these messages from this fucking cunt. <laughs> Like, so, if you don't know, if uh, some people probably haven't been following it, I guess. The, I've, I've bought with my, oh yeah, no, I said this last week, didn't I? That's right, I said it last week. I bought two phones with my uh, with my money from Perth. So, the fucking, uh, JB Hi-Fi had a deal on where if you buy two Google Pixel phones, you get $350 off of each phone. So, I bought... Two Google Pixel 3s normally would cost 2400 and I got them for 1700 and I'm, like, keeping one, using it, and the other one I'll sell for, you know, whatever I can get for it. And I was expecting to get a grand from it because it's, like, 1200 bucks retail. But, evidently, a bunch of other people have the same idea as me. Um... It's almost like, I felt like, and I'll probably say this on stage at some point, I felt like 
I was so excited. I was like a like an eighteen year old kid who just he thinks he's invented a new meal. You know, he's like, what if I put the eggs on top of the toast and I can eat it all? Oh my god, I'm a genius! And then like you get home, go on eBay, and you realize a bunch of other people have also bought a breakfast. There were fucking maybe not a hundred, but maybe like fifty people also on eBay trying to sell Google Pixel threes. With like the sa- even with the same picture of it as me, because like everyone's scared to take it out of the case, so it's just like you've got it just like on your coffee table or whatever, you know. So there's like probably like twenty to thirty, maybe not, probably like twenty to thirty, I reckon, people in Australia trying to sell it all with pictures of Google Pixels just on their coffee table, and then there was another bunch of them that are like clearly professional, like accounts on ebay that like buy shit like that all the time at deals and then they sell them um so they've got like a special picture it's like a nicely done looks like actual a a shop but you know it's just a guy in his lounge room either way there was way too much competition no way i was going to sell it immediately so i put it to auction and i set the the starting price at 500 which that would, uh, that would just, I might as well have gone in and bought the Google Pixel 2 by itself. If I was going to sell it for 500 that's the same. I didn't even fucking, like, get it any cheaper. And uh, it was on 500 for, like, five days. I got to, like, 550 maybe. And I was getting so angry because I'm like, man, fucking. I'm like, man, whoever bought, like, I don't really care that much that I didn't get it for cheaper. But it really pissed me off that someone else was going to get this phone for so much cheaper than what I paid for it. And they'd be sitting there all smug. That's the thing. Sales is like a competition. Maybe I'm too competitive. In my I, The way I see everything is like winners and losers. So anyway, this one dude fucking messaged me. And I put it on like Gumtree and Facebook Marketplace as well. And Facebook Marketplace was actually the worst one. I, I thought Facebook Marketplace would be good because people would be accountable, you know, because it's like they're Facebook, but I guess it just let people think, I don't know, I guess it made people more comfortable with haggling because it's like set up so that you can just talk to the person. And I got three or four people offering me the same price, 700 It made me think maybe I set the, on Facebook Marketplace, I set it for 900 and I was like, I should have set it lower. This fucking guy goes... Hey mate, would you do it for seven hundred? Cheers. And I'm like, okay. So I asked for nine hundred. He's gone seven hundred. What about if I go eight fifty? Is splitting the middle. I got it for seventeen hundred. So if I just say eight fifty, that's like we both pay eight fifty for the phone. That's a good deal. So I said, how about eight fifty and I'll pay postage? And he said, sorry mate, max I'll do is seven hundred. I'm happy to pick it up. Which immediately I'm like, okay, so you're offering me lower and then you're not even willing to go up and meet me in the middle somewhere. Like, already you're a dick, you know? And uh, and I go, if you're willing to wait a couple of days, I'll see what the auction gets on eBay, which is me being honest with him and maybe I shouldn't be honest. Maybe that's not how sales works. Maybe I'm supposed to be... Like, it's competitive. We're both trying to get money off each other. I understand that, but I just... Let me be fucking a person to you right now. I'm being like, let me see what it gets on the auction on eBay. And he goes, nah, man, otherwise I'll just buy it cheaper off your eBay auction. That's aggressive. You're being aggressive now. I'm going to go and buy it cheaper. But uh, that's almost him going like, 
I think the mindset of these fucking people who are like buying shit and the sales mindset is you have to think, you have to really honestly believe that you're doing the other person a favor by buying it off of them. Isn't that an insane mindset? That's the same with when I used to do like door-to-door sales shit. You go around and they would tell us in the meetings beforehand, they would go, we're actually trying to help these people out by giving them cheaper deals on their electricity and they don't know, they don't understand yet that we have a cheaper deal. They think we're trying to get money off them and we do get paid for it, but we're actually helping them as well. That's the real mindset that people who are selling shit and buying shit for cheap and trying to sell it on, like that dude, there's no way that dude was going to use that phone. He was 100% going to sell it on later for more money. And the, the mindset that you have to fucking have to be able to do that isn't like, I'm going to fuck this guy out of money. It's, I'm trying to help him. But then, later on, you know he's going to be sitting there talking to his mates all smug, like, yeah, this fucking idiot sold me the phone for 700 And I, I said, I said, ha-ha, nice try, mate. No thanks. And he goes, nice try. Nice try on attempting to put an offer on the phone. Chin strokey emoji. Ha-ha, thanks, mate. Much appreciated. Good luck with the auction champ. And then a fucking, like, blowing kisses face. You fucking cunt. Oh, that made me so angry. <laughs> that made me so fucking angry just thinking of this dude, like, belittling me, going, like, I'm just trying to help him out. But that's the thing. Whatever I do, however I acted, whether I sold him the phone or whether I didn't, that guy thinks I'm an idiot. And that annoys me. Why does that annoy me? <laughs> Why do I need a random guy on the internet who's just trying to make money? Why do I need him to, like, I need to come out on top and I also need him to like me. I guess I'm just not cut out for selling shit. Anyway, I, just, I was like, well, I'm not going to sell him the thing, but I still want him to know that I'm better than him. So I put, I was like, I'll just send him something really snarky and then I'll leave the conversation so he can't reply. <laughs> And in my head, hopefully he's walking around going, how dare you? So I thought, like, a dude like this probably fancies himself as a bit of an amateur psychologist. So how about I attack that? So I said, nice try in attempting to bully me into taking your offer. Crazy if you thought that would actually work. Clearly you don't have a very good understanding of people. Have a nice day. <laughs> like, in my mind, I reckon that guy, he's, like, probably read the game. He probably, you know, he probably thinks he's like, uh, like pretty good at reading people and, and, and like manipulating social situations. So I'm just like, you know what? You're not very good at this. <laughs> oh God, I'm so pathetic. <laughs> it really made me so happy to tell that guy to go fuck himself in the most subtle, snarky way possible and then just drop the mic and leave that conversation. And I hope. I hope that he did. I hope that he did go onto my eBay auction and put a bid in. I hope that he went over there and I, oh, that's it. Sorry, the end of the story is fucking the the auction was at like five eighty until day five out of seven, and then in the last in in the sixth day it went up to like six hundred, and on the last day it went up to eight hundred and eighty dollars. <gasps> Oh my god. Fuck yes. Fuck you, you fucking cunt on Facebook. Oh, 2700. Oh, buy it cheaper off you on your auction. Go 
fuck yourself. I got $880. You know why? Because I had the balls to put the capital down at JB Hi-Fi and fucking take the leap of faith. And if I'm honest with you, at the end of day six, I really was <laughs> wishing I could have taken that $700 because I was like, you know what? It would have been easier just to get the cash that way and I'm probably not going to get the same amount. But I will not... I stuck it out. I stuck it out, and I, I was willing to take 580. At some point, I just was like, you know what? I'll just take the loss because this is a learning experience. I'm learning about sales, and uh, and then in the last day, I went up to 880, and I was like, I'm a genius. I knew what I was doing the whole time. <laughs> Fuck you, cunt. Song for the week, Samantha Fu. Theme from Disco Tech. Oh man, I was um, oh what was that fucking thing that my mum had on her, on her fridge? It's like, uh, but but she had something. Oh hello. It's just like one of those nice, you know, like those magnets. that's like, oh everything's beautiful, and the older you get, where is it? The older I get, the more I realise I just need the simple things in life: a comfy home, good food on the table, and surrounded by the people I love. Which also isn't very good grammar. A comfy home, good food on the table, and to be surrounded by the people I love is what it should be. And there's a little positive energy thing beyond blue. Positive energy! You got it! <laughs> but um, I changed it to uh, pounding techno music because I remember this song. And this is the song, theme from Discotech. That's like, uh, it's just like some, it's, it's a, it's a house song, but laid over it is like this news report. Like, do you know where your 16 year old is every Saturday night? They're out late grinding with strangers, taking drugs and listening to pounding techno music. And I remembered that and like looked it up and it's a great bloody song. Um, also little fucking nugget, Samantha Fu was like, apparently some, uh, like a one-off name that the DJ crew Soul Wax used, and I looked up Samantha Foo, and I just found SamanthaFoo.com, which is, is this how young professionals behave? This is like some 20-year-old lady clearly killing it in life, but I think it's so funny to me that, like, a bunch of fucking pill heads and, like, ravers would look up Samantha Foo and find this website. Just a picture of a young, like, Asian-American girl in what looks like California standing on a fucking skateboard. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm a graduate student in public policy at the London School of Economics and Political Science. In the past summer, I was a data science for social good fellow at the University of Chicago Center for Data Science and Public Policy. Before graduate school, I worked in the analytics team for the 2016 Clinton campaign, spent a couple years as an economic consultant in New York, and earned a bachelor's degree in finance from McGill University in Montreal. My interests are many and varied, but include good books, baked goods, and figuring out how to use data and technology. Ugh! And make the world a better place. Drop me a line through one of the links below if you'd like to chat about any of these or if you just want to say hi. Smiley face. And I went on her Instagram. She's got 150 followers. She's not a famous person. And I love the idea of, like, there, you know there's been a bunch of dudes gacked. Like, this is something that me and my mates when I was 20 would have looked up. 100%. Looked up the song. And then, like, there's fucking eight dudes sitting around in someone's bedroom at, at, at like, 8am with the blinds closed and foil over the window so again everyone like, and someone's looked that song up found that website and then just read that out to everyone <laughs> my mate sean would have done that fucking so i remember oh my god 
this is so bad. I remember one time in that exact situation, someone was just, it'd be like a bunch of dudes on the bed and like, we'd all be like draped over each other, like giving each other massages, real homoerotic stuff. <laughs> and just all high on MDMA, drinking beers. And, uh, and someone would be on the computer playing tunes and just like looking up stuff. And then every now and then they would find something funny and report it back to the group. And I remember once someone found a website that was like hire a midget. <laughs> it was like, it was like, um, do you, <laughs> it was like, do you want a midget to come to your party? Or like, it was like, you could hire midgets to be like butlers at your party or whatever. It was some agency and they had a bunch of midgets working for them and like, you could come and get them to just make appearances at your event. <laughs> And it was only like 150 bucks or something. And we were like really considering like, do we all just go in and get a midget to show up today? <laughs> and everyone was <laughs> just a bunch of young dudes. <laughs> and, uh, and we decided against it eventually because we thought like, imagine when that happens, it'll just, we'd all forget about it. And in, in like six hours time, <laughs> a midget will just rock up at our house and we'll be even more fucked and we'll just have to be like, oh man, <laughs> oh my God, it would have been so fucking brutal. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in such a long time. Just a midget standing there, and we're all on job. We probably have ended up just giving the dude or girl, yeah, whatever. Oh, why am I? I've already waited so far past like what's acceptable or like being a good person. Why am I trying to be like he or she? Um. Oh my god. Yeah, we absolutely would have ended up just. That, that's the thing. It could have been a cool midget. You know, they're not all. They're not all angry. It could have been a nice one, and we would have fucking taken drugs with it and made a new friend, and then we would have just had a midget friend. That would have been so... There's no way that wouldn't have been stressful, though. Like, uh, you know, and you're on drugs, and then a midget shows up. It's just hard to come to terms with. I'm friends with a... Not a midget, like a little person. I don't know what they want to be called, but my friend Amon is a comedian, and uh, he has a special condition. He's Him and his sister are the only ones in the world. They're like real tiny but they're completely in proportion so like his head's small and his arms and everything and i don't know his dick's probably massive but um i remember years ago taking drugs in the garden of unearthly lights in adelaide during the fringe with a friend and sitting on this one part of the hill like little hill next to the bridge there and uh iman is often hanging out in the garden because he's like works in the garden and there's a comic there and he'll be walking through wearing like a circusy kind of outfit and telling people to come to shows. And I remember us before I knew him, like he, before I was even a comic, just sitting on that hill and watching him do that and just being like, Oh my God, is he still like, it freaked me out. You know, seeing a little person when you're like just whacked out on fucking hallucinogenic drugs, it's stressful. Something about it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just weird. It's just like, I know that's supposed to be a normal person and they are normal, but I can't, figure out what it would be like to talk to them. I don't know. I guess I've just not had any experience talking talking to someone like that before. 
And uh, anyway, years later, I told him mine. I was like, once we became friends, I was like, hey, you know, uh, one year I took a bunch of drugs and you were on the hill and we got freaked out because it was you and he fucking laughed his ass off. <sighs> that was great. So the theme from Disco Tech, man, that's the song for this week. I want to finish, oh, I guess I'll finish on a joke that my grandpa told me. It was so nice. I had lunch with my uh, with my grandparents, my mum's parents the other day. Lena and Pat, what I call them. Um, and uh, my grandpa loves telling a, a fucking story. And he just told me this, like, this is the thing about my grandpa is you don't know whether he's telling a joke or if it's an actual story until the end when he does the punchline and you're like, oh, you cheeky bloody sausage. Uh, <laughs> um... So he's going like, I, you know, I had, uh, sitting out the front, they just moved to Victor Harbour, so they're like meeting all these new people. He's like, oh, I was just sitting out the front the other day, and this bloke came back, and he was, he'd been out fishing, and, uh, and he was, he was telling me, you know, he, he, bloody caught so many fish, he couldn't put them all in his fridge, and, and, uh, he had this big, big esky full of fish there, so I, I bloody took some of them, and I said, hold up, mate, and I went in, and I got some of the homebrew, some of me home, you know, that homebrew, he makes his own stout. And he just will not shut up about it. So some of that homebrew that I... Bloody good stuff, Aiden. Bloody great mash stout. Have some of that with a bit of lemonade. Oh, beautiful. Oh, Aiden, I tell you what. There's not much better stuff in the world than that. So uh, give him a couple of bottles of that. Give him a couple of bottles of me stout and I'll take some of his fish. And, uh, and, uh, and he tells me later he's walking home. Having a bit of stout, drinking one of those strong stuff. Strong stuff, Aiden. You've got to watch out. Strong stuff. You know, don't have too much of it there. Don't be silly. Hey, don't be a souse. No drinking. So he has some of the stuff and he goes, um, this guy's going back. Going back to his house and uh, and he hears a sound from behind a bush. And he goes, what's that over there? Maybe a little bit tipsy by this point. Goes over and uh, looks behind the bush and there's a big snake with a frog in his mouth <laughs> with a frog in his mouth and uh and this bloke tips a bit of he tips a bit of the stout the last little bit of the stout from that bottle onto the frog's head onto the onto the snake's head and the snake relaxes and lets the frog go and he's watching he's going whoa look at that that snake's bloody that snake likes that stout just as much as everyone else does. that's oh yeah Aiden, it's the best stout and anyway, this bloke's... And meanwhile, my, my grandma's trying to, like, figure... She's like, where's this man? What is this? Who are you talking about, Philip? What is this person? I don't know this person. And he's like, shut up, woman. Shut up. I'm telling me story. So anyway, Aiden, Aiden. So so this man's sitting on a bench a bit later. And, uh, and he's drinking the, the last bottle of his stout there. And he feels something tap on his shoulder. And he turns around. And it's the snake. And he's got another bloody frog in his head. <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited. And my grandma's, oh, Philip, she's realised that it's a joke by that point. She's just annoyed, you know. Oh, she's had to sit through a story that now evidently isn't true so we can tell everyone how great his fucking stout is. I wonder if he wrote that joke himself. That's interesting, isn't it? He might have done, because it's about his stout. It's like an ad. Someone's, I told that to someone and they said it sounds like an ad for stout, you know, like a cartoonish, and then the snake comes up, and then it's got another frog, because the stout's so good, so fucking good, drink, pap, stout, fuck you, 
Anyway, that's the podcast for this week. Yes, I'm done. I think I figured out what's doing the cutoffs here. Stupid fucking USB cable. That'll all be sorted next week. Thanks, guys, for listening. This is Aiden Taco Jones sitting under a tree. Peace!